Hi, you're listening to Friarside Chats, and I'm your host, Emma Miller, here today as always, luckily for me, Father Mike. And luckily for me, Emma, that I get to spend quality time with you discussing (laughs) topics from A to Z about all things important here at Duke University. Yep, in this tiny little box, like every other week. (laughs) Recording studio, yes. Awesome. Great to be with you. Soon we'll have our own recording studio. That's correct. Soon and very soon, yes. Soon and very soon. Oh, yeah. Well, today I want to talk to you, um, get your thoughts a little bit around uh, the idea of the new school year starting. There's like, right. you know, certainly we've, uh, you know, seen a lot of first years, a lot of freshmen, and we know the ex- a lot of the excitement that comes with that and, you know, the inner turmoil sometimes. But I think like new school year is like a big, is like a big time for across all four years. Sure. And I think each year kind of has some of its own nuances and hiccups and ups and downs. So I just kind of want to talk about that a little bit and maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, I think what I love is seeing campus full again and all of our students mm-hmm. back on campus and running from the bus stop and, you know, heading into <laughs> West Union and just, you know, there's a vibrancy about campus now that is, uh, that had been a little lacking over the summer. I mean, certainly there's a certain vibrancy around the summer, but um, there's always, I think for all of us, this sense of newness. I always remember, I used to love, uh, and I'm dating myself a little bit here, but getting new notebooks, Mm. you know, and just that (laughs) freshness about, Mm -hmm. you know, that they didn't have tons of paper stuck in them from all semester long, you know, and so uh, it says possibilities, you know, I can, I can do great things, you know. This year I'm going to be super organized. My notebooks are going to be super clean and orderly. That's right. This year, very different from last year. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back mm-hmm. in the saddle. Mm-hmm. I know. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I, you know, we, we work on a college campus, so I still think in terms of semesters sure. and academic years. Sure. And my friends who are out in the working world, it's very different. But, like, there is such a, like, it's nice to have, like, a vibrancy of new life and stuff in the middle of the year when, you know, the rest of the world celebrates that in January. And we right. get it. Twice. Twice. No, it's so true. But I also think what it can do is it can create some false uh, parameters in the lives of students where Mm. they start to see their lives kind of, as you just said, you know, Mm. see their lives, um, you know, kind of fenced in by these time, these sort of artificial and arbitrary Mm -hmm. time designations of, you know, end of August to beginning of December and then uh, beginning of January to end of April, you know, and and that like these are these two segments of my life and then the rest of my life is very different. And really, I would hope that there would be components of our lives that just transcend all of that and flow through all of Mm -hmm. that. So even though we do have this sort of newness moment, which is fun and good, I hope that um, we're not expecting ourselves to be, you know, different than we were three weeks ago or four (laughs) weeks ago, but rather I'm the same person um, and maybe I'm called to grow a little bit and how can I be even better person, not Mm -hmm. just for this semester or next, but for my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it always feels like I can... I mean, I do think there's a little bit of, like, this idea that you can, like, reinvent yourself compared to who you were last year. But it's not, like, flipping a switch. No, it's you're like right. very slowly establishing new habits and, and practices. And I, I, But I do think that that 
the reinvention is uh, is refreshing. You know that mm-hmm. you know that a professor that you're uh, you're walking into, you know, the first couple of days doesn't really know you, and so you hope that the professor assumes that you're this very knowledgeable person, you know, <laughs> and that you're a really great student, even if last semester you know, you maybe blew it off a little bit or you weren't as (laughs) Mm -hmm. on top of your game. And so I think that, um, you know, I I sort of think the spiritual parallel is, you know, it's it's like going to confession, you know, the slate is wiped clean and you get to start fresh and 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 you get to be a a better person than maybe you were before. So Mm -hmm. there's opportunity uh, abounding, I think, in in any new semester. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so starting out with, uh, like a lot of our, for our first year listeners, um, what are some, I mean, there's, there's so many things that first years are worried about or like things on their mind. So we could, we could spend a whole podcast on like, here's our advice and recommendations for our first year. Top 10 list of things that we've seen over the years. Yeah. Yeah. What, but like. What is maybe one thing you would want to say to our first year listener who? Yeah, I, I think I, the first thing I'd say is welcome. You know, we're mm-hmm. so we're so glad you're here, and yeah. uh, and I, I hope that all of our first year students, whether they be undergrad or graduate professional students, um, that that they realize that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think that that's the hardest thing. That sometimes. Uh, we all feel like, are we the only ones that feel this way? Or are we the only ones that uh, are experiencing this? Or are we the only ones that uh, aren't quite sure of ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I would just say you're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, and know that even your particular unique circumstance is shared by a lot of other people, mm-hmm. even in its uniqueness, you know, mm-hmm. and so... Um, just don't think you're by yourself, even if you're struggling to maybe make some friends or, um, you know, it's just not maybe panning out exactly the way that, that you had wanted and just dial back some of the expectation. I think that would be take a deep deep breath and then take another one, you know, Mm -hmm. and and realize (laughs) that this is just the start and there's more great things to come and, and, uh, relax and know that you're not by yourself. Uh, If I had one message, if I could only get one message out there, that would be it. Yeah, I, although I think there were four messages in there, so. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot in there. But no, I would agree too. Just like thinking back to my freshman year at Duke, it's like I I wish I could have told myself like just take a deep breath. You don't have to find your best friends the first week of college, and if it looks like other people have already, trust me, they haven't. Like just just calm down, give yourself time, and yeah, just let yourself enjoy meeting lots of new people, and yeah. Right. I mean, I, I know for myself, I struggle sometimes with loose ends. Like I, I don't like loose ends. I, mm-hmm. I like to know that it's all sort of in place. And I think, uh, the, you know, the beginning of an experience like this for first year folks, again, undergrad or grad professional students, there's the temptation to want to rush ahead to, I can't wait until it where I know where I'm going all the time, or I can't wait until I've got all my friends set, or I can't wait until I, I, I'm completely comfortable in my classes, you know? And so yeah. you're, you're wishing for a moment that's three, four weeks out, or maybe three or four months out <laughs> when you're not enjoying this time, this yeah. moment, you know? And so I would just caution against, um, uh, trying to, somehow tie up all the loose ends mm-hmm. you know loose ends are part of life and they're <laughs> always with us and we just got to le- learn to 
I would say it's learn to get comfortable with uncomfortable. With discomfort. Know? Yeah, yeah. So thanks for correcting me and make, making that sound a lot better than I just made it. But Getting comfortable with uncomfortableness. Or discomfort if you're speaking the English language. So. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think about there's... Um, there's all this energy around first years, and then um, when those students then come back the following year as sophomores, they're um, you know they're not quite like upperclassmen yet. Uh, they're still kind of lower on the totem pole, but like very little energy is given towards sophomores. Sure. And sometimes like all of a sudden everything is catered to freshman year, and then like you're expected like okay now you now you do stuff. Right. Now I think that sophomore. I are you familiar with the etymology of the word sophomore? No. Yes, here's a little uh, little tidbit <laughs> for you. It means wise fool. <laughs> for real? <laughs> for real, yeah. Isn't that great? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because, of course, they think that they know everything, Yeah. but they really still don't know everything. But mm-hmm. not our sophomores, of course. Our sophomores are awesome people. And, <laughs> and you do, as a sophomore, you do have so much to offer to first-year folks, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that they can lean on you so that you can say, hey, I know what you're going through. I, I remember that last year. And so that's that's consoling. And I, yeah. I, at the same time, you're right. Nobody puts a whole lot of energy into, into you know, folks who are here for their second year. You know, it's kind of like we just assume that you're doing okay and everything's all right, <laughs> you know. Uh, and that's really not necessarily a, a fair assumption. You know, sometimes in that, in that second year, you know, you um, – you find yourself uh, maybe a little in betwixt, in between. You know, you're you're not quite sure. All right, what am I doing? Is mm-hmm. my major the right one? Did mm-hmm. I make the right choices? Did I use my summer well? And and so I, I think for that second year, um, what what really is called for is sure be there for those first year students, but also realize that you still have a lot of uh, a lot of things to learn, a lot of formation to go through. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of opportunities for you, things that are new, even though you think you know everything there is to know about the college experience. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot ahead for you that you're you're going to love. It's going to mm-hmm. be great for you. So be open to maybe even doing things a bit differently. You don't have to do everything the same way that you did your first year. Mm-hmm. You can tweak some things. You can say, you know, and it might even be good, I think, a good exercise to say, you know, if I had had last year to do differently, what would I have done differently? And then make that what you do differently this, this year. year. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, also there's the whole dynamic I kind of forgot about that like sophomore year is when you declare your major. Right. Um, and I, it, I knew it was like a little bit stressful for me. I actually didn't declare until after the declaration deadline. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but it, because it was like stressful to see like your friends who like very clearly, it seems on the outside anyway, know what they want to do and like going full steam ahead on that and you know in your mind you're like oh gosh I don't know if this is the right decision what if I want to like change my major and just like again take a deep breath like you can change I knew several people who changed their major like junior year and they maybe had to take an extra semester or they just packed everything in overloading and over the summers and they did it like it's not you're never right like tied into sure and the the other is is you know ask in you know in the world how many people yeah. have their current occupation was directly impacted by their college major? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That, you know, for some folks it is, you know, that mm-hmm. definitely they couldn't have gone on to do what they did in graduate school or in their professional lives without their college major. But I don't know. I, if I had to guess a number, 
I'm thinking maybe, maybe 10%. Yeah. You know, maybe the rest you can, you know, you can do something in in graduate school that's, you know, somewhat tangentially Mm -hmm. related and and go from there. So relax with that, that selection process. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're not pinning yourself in for the rest of your life. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, you know, what's also on my mind a lot right now are our juniors because, you know, that's mostly when Duke students go abroad right. and, you know, we see often that it can be hard when students go abroad to like keep their faith, um, you know, active and alive while they're in these strange places with very little like, you know, Catholic support. Uh, so we're trying to like come up with some creative ideas to help our, our, our abroad students in that way. But I mean, what what can we like? What tools can we put in our abroad students' hands to to help them keep their faith vibrant while they're sure? No, I think it's a great question. Um, uh, it's also one you know for the the students that don't go abroad. You mm. know, am I missing something? You're yeah, well, yeah. Any choice that we make is <laughs> you know other choices that we can't make. So mm-hmm. don't regret that you're not abroad. You're having some great experience on campus, and there's goodness in that. But for those who are abroad, I you know I I, I lived abroad myself, and and I would just encourage you uh, to live every day as if you're going to live in that place for the rest of your life mm. and just throw down roots and and make it your own. Don't have that date on the horizon when you know you're going back home, but rather imagine yourself, this is where I'm, I'm here to live. And so if this is where I'm here to live the rest of my life, I want to get to know a local community. I want, to, uh, I want my faith life to be active as it would be any other place. This isn't some pause this, you know, three, four month mm, pause mm-hmm. where I do everything very differently than I would normally do things because I'm in a different, uh, you know, a different environment. No, I mean, I, that's just not healthy. Uh, I think the environment itself will give you all of the richness if you invest yourself mm. as you would, you know, you know, in the areas of your life that are most important to you. And mm-hmm. so you throw down those roots and relationships and the like and, and, and make yourself as fully present. Don't live in two worlds. You know, try and live just there and, and imagine that, okay, I, I'm living here for the rest of my life. What, what should I do? How, how would I uh, really um, invest in that locale? And I think you'll, you'll have a far better experience. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, in your homily, uh, I think a couple Sundays ago, you were talking about how you you kind of had a foot in both worlds right. when you lived abroad in Italy. You'd like turn on the the like what was it armed services radio, radio yeah, or something on, to, like shortwave. Yeah. yeah, keep keep tabs on what was going on. And like now it's like even more oh possible gosh, to right. stay connected. Constantly, to, you're like, on Facebook or you know Instagram or whatever, checking out what all your friends are doing back home. Yeah, and you know as much. Mo- as much as I get how that's easy to do and you think you can do it all, you're missing out on why you're why over you're there you or wherever mm-hmm. you are, you know, that mm-hmm. you're there to be there. So be there as, uh, as much as you can. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you love your family any less or you love your friends any less. It means that you're trying to make new friends. You're trying to have new experiences that can only be had if you really immerse yourself. And mm-hmm. certainly, you know, you know, to put a pause on your spiritual life just because well, where I am, it's kind of hard to get to a Catholic church. Well, you know, that might be your experience if you're, you know, in some part of, you know, when you come back to the States sometime mm-hmm. in your future, you know, mm-hmm. get used to that. It's not always going to be convenient. Yeah, you you're know? living in the deep south right, and Catholic right. church is like one every... Half an hour away, yeah. right. 
Um, but yeah, we will definitely in the show notes page, um, you know, we've got some suggestions from past students who've gone abroad on what have been helpful resources. So we'll definitely include some of that. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And of course, like you can't, can't talk about new school year without talking about the people who are embarking on their final year at Duke. Sure, sure. Um, it's like such a bittersweet time. Like every, every week when you do something like, oh, this is the last, last time. time I'll do this. Sometimes <laughs> that's good. Like, yeah. you know, oh, the last time I'll take a test for this class. Right. But sometimes like, you know. Sure. And I, I think the same, um, you know, the same caveat is there for if you're living everything like it's the last time, you know, I mean, aside from the overly dramatic, but I, I, I also think you, you might fail to miss um, some of the goodness in it mm-hmm. because it's it's always tinged a little bit. Uh, I would rather say, you know, just again, uh, live it as if you're going to be here forever. And mm-hmm. when you go, then you can say, you know, I... I sucked the life out of this experience. You know, I, I, I made it, I did not waste time regretting or mm-hmm. starting, to, you know, the tears of sadness that I'm leaving. I didn't start them in September, you know, yeah. th- they'll come in, in May and that'll be fine. <laughs> but in the meantime, be fully present and, yeah. and realize that um, you're preparing yourself for something beyond here. So you don't want to look back and regret mm-hmm. that you didn't, um, do the things that are most important to you. Yeah. You know, what's most important to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and find those things and make those priorities because those are going to be priorities that you're going to need in whatever the next step is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of kind of along that line, like, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it's like totally different. It's not totally different, but you know, being part of uh, a Catholic campus ministry at Duke is is going to be pretty different from being a part of a parish community when you when you graduate and leave. Right. Like, what are some habits now, or even like maybe you're not even part of a parish, you're still like trying to find that parish or that Catholic community, whatever. Like, what are some habits seniors could maybe start to form now spiritually that would would help them make that transition better and yeah, just make them super useful to the Catholic community at large out in the world. Sure. And, you know, I I think these are things that not only uh, students in their last year um, of studies could here at Duke or wherever could could benefit from, but all of us could. I mean, I think there's this this sense of asking ourselves, especially at the beginning of a year, when I have the opportunity to maybe um, put in some habits that are going to uh, that I'm going to commit to. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is, am I in it for what I'm getting out of it, or am mm-hmm. I in it for what I'm going to give to it? And that mm-hmm. I think is an essential question in any relationship. Yeah. You know, with my friends, am I there for them, or am I there for me? Yeah. You know, and so, who of us would say, well, no, I'm there for me. You know, and I'm I'm comfortable <laughs> with that, and all my friends know that that you know I'm really not there for them. I'm there for me. So I, I think, primarily, when we when we think of our faith life, am I there for you, Lord? Am I, and and how, what habit do I need to accompany that truth mm-hmm. so that uh, I can live out of that priority? Mm-hmm. You know, that, um, that this year, rather than thinking to myself, well, I'll do it if it fits my schedule, or well, I'll do it if, it, uh, if it's something that I really like doing, or well, no, that won't be the, the habit that I'll form. The, the, I'll flip that over and, and first say, where am I being called to give of myself mm-hmm. to this relationship with the Lord 
through others and with others mm -hmm. and what does that look like and and what's important there uh, and that's a priority for me that's a perspective change that um, that maybe I can make at the beginning of my first year or at the beginning of my last year because that's the way you know adult mature relationships work mm -hmm. and so uh, I would just encourage that uh, for our students to make that a priority for them um, and a habit, you know, in terms of perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, um, you know, in that recommendation, you say like, you know, figure out where the Lord is calling you to get back. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard to hear that. Like sure. you can be praying and sitting with something for like a long time. Like, God, I really don't know how you want me to, to do something here. And how would you recommend someone just starting sure. with something even no, like I, you don't hear that's a great question I, I too often i think we interpret the uh discernment of god's call as a singular event mm -hmm. that it's god calling me mm -hmm. and you know what we also have to appreciate is that god calls us in the context of a community mm -hmm. so what we can look to if we can't hear something specific we can look at what's history taught us in, in our faith community? Or what's the larger faith community that, that we are a part of? What are, what are they saying about how God is calling us? That's the beauty of the mm -hmm. church, mm -hmm. that we, when we're not exactly sure of what we should do, we can look and say, well, what's the church telling us to do? Mm -hmm. What's the church calling us to do? And what's worked for people over the last 2,000 mm -hmm. years? And we, we can say, if that's worked for this, you know, am I that unique? that my journey is going to be so vastly different than everyone else's. Come on. You know, like, <laughs> you're unique. You're just not that unique, you know? And, and so I would say that discernment mm -hmm. has to be, what's the church saying to me? Mm -hmm. What's the church saying, hey, Mike, this is really important for you. Yeah. You might want to pursue this. Trust me on this one. You might not be hearing it, but hear what how it's worked for umpteen bajillion people mm -hmm. over the years and for a billion people mm -hmm. out there. So that call isn't always this personalized, you know, revelation in your just prayer time for you. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, that's really, really helpful. I, I think that's really excellent advice. Wonderful. Um, well, okay. Any final thoughts as we embark on this new school year? New school year. Yeah. Um, just um, don't forget your parents. <laughs> you know, yeah. God bless them. You know, and they they uh, they love you and they care about you and they uh, uh, they need to hear from you. Mm -hmm. uh, not just when you're uh, needing things. You know, I, I would just encourage all of our our listeners to uh, drop a note in the mail, handwritten note to their parents once in a while say it says something like just thinking of you once you know how much i love you not a text not yeah. a phone call not an email not a post on facebook but something where you go and get a card or you take a piece of paper out of a notebook and just <laughs> say sitting in you know uh, microbiology and bored <laughs> but want you to know how much i love you yeah and put a stamp on it and send it through the old snail mail <laughs> yeah guaranteed mom tears that's correct that's correct <laughs> Um, wonderful. Yeah. Well, well, thanks so much, Father. I feel, um, I feel invigorated for the school Let's year do myself. It. Let's get out <laughs> there. Come on. <laughs> Even it's not a student. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another great episode of Friarside Chats. Email us anytime with your thoughts, any questions you might have, or suggestions for future episodes. Some of these episodes have been suggestions from other students Correct. like you. So don't 
be afraid to share. We love hearing from you. And you can email me at erm13 at duke.edu. For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is supported by many generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any other ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thanks so much, Father Mike. Thank you, Emma. See you guys next time on Friarside Chats. Mm-hmm.